The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Let me tell you about who deserves a shot in the United States. Let's hear it. I'm the champion. I ought to know. You know, I've, I've been sizing up guys since I came to the WCW. And I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned a title shot, El Dandy, I think you're a heck of a wrestler. You're a great technician in the ring, and you're a jam-up guy. Oh, I don't see any reason. Wait a minute. El Dandy has been wrestling in, in, in the cruiserweight division here. Please. He's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but thank goodness sakes, at 50 pounds. Who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Well, let's talk about some serious about Hello, and welcome to episode 239 of the WrestleCast. I'm your host, Don DeLaRente, and I'm joined by my SmackDown Matters correspondent, Miss Didi Jonet. Hey. What's going on, friend? Oh, not that much, friend. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. Thank you very much. And returning... After being on the road to Baby Mania and having Baby Mania run wild, it's none other than the WrestleCast broadcast journalist himself, Mr. Magnum Prime. What's going on, G? To quote Jim Cornette, how can they miss you if you don't go away? Hey. It's nice to do that. <laughs> That's what I be trying to tell you all. Well, thanks for joining us, G, and you know, congratulations officially to from us here at the WrestleCast on your new bundle of joy in addition to your family, healthy and lively, and may all the late nights and you know sleep be with you. Yeah, it's gonna be like hanging out with Ric Flair for a little bit, <laughs> lots of late nights. Uh, the WrestleCast can be found on the CSPN. You can find us on the web at cspn.us. You can also subscribe to the WrestleCast through iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, um, Spotify, YouTube, all the usual places. Uh, Miss Didi Jagnay, guess what? What? We got merch. Gas. Yeah, I know. All your fans can finally go to teespring.com <laughs> forward slash stores forward slash CSPN. And purchase themselves a I'm a Didi Jonet guy shirt. Mm, I can't wait to see all the manly men's up in my t shirt. Yes, it's going to be awesome. And more. Especially Sam. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, check out our merch over on teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash CSPN. So, there's this little thing in Las Vegas over the weekend called. Double or nothing, the initial offering from that startup promotion, AEW, and they did not disappoint. They got the whole wrestling world talking with the show. So we'll start off with letting you know that Hangman Page, he won the Casino Battle Royal and he earned the spot in the championship match for the AEW title. Uh, Sammy Guevara and Kip Saban, they faced off. And Kip Saban, he won the match when he hit Deathly Hollows on Sammy Guevara. This was a good cruiserweight match. Small guys flying around. G, what was your impressions of the first match there with Sammy Guevara? Oh, actually, this was the pre-show, so you probably did not see that as well. 
Did you check that out on the pre-show, G? Uh, well, you know, I, I did miss that match. I just caught a couple of the highlights of uh, of Glacier in action. That's who I had my money on, <laughs> um, by the way, of getting the title shot. But no, I, I did miss this matchup, unfortunately. Okay. So then we have, you know, Kenny, Matt Jackson, and all these guys doing some little things on the pre-show before they make the big announcement and thank the crowd and introduce themselves. We get the national anthem. And then our first match, SCU versus Stronghearts. We get a meteor by Seema, but Cass makes the save. Cass then hits a Hurricane Rana to the floor, and Scorpio Sky follows with a tope. Back in, the best Meltzer driver ever finishes Lindemann, and SCU are your winners. Very strong opening match. Stronghearts really impressed if you've never seen them before. Brandy Rhodes, she arrives and she introduces that awesome Kong is going to join the next match. So it's a four-way between Kylie Ray, Nyla Rose, Dr. Britt Baker, and Awesome Kong. Britt Baker hits the ripcord forearm and net breaker for a two counts. Then Kylie Ray counters a super kick into a deadlift German for a good near fall. Kylie Ray fires up, but Britt Baker hits a super kick and the last shot for the win. Now, if the last shot sounds familiar to uh, some of you fans, uh, Dr. Britt Baker is Adam Cole's wife. Yes, indeed. Jack Evans and Angelico, they faced off against the best friends, Trent Beretta and Chucky T. And Helico misses a plancha to the floor. Chucky T then makes the save, and the best friends hit the doomsday knee strike. Chucky follows with the tope. Strong zero connects, and the best friends get the win. Jack Evans and Helico did all the crazy stuff you thought they would do. Uh, Trent Beretta actually showed out in this match. It was good to see him wrestle. I hadn't seen him wrestle in like six months, so it's good to see him do his thing again. After the match, the lights go out. And the Super Smash Brothers arrive. They have minions attack the teams. And then they take out Evans and, and, and Helico. And then they take out Trent with the Batbreaker. And they stand tall. Now, unfortunately, I wasn't familiar with the Super Smash Brothers. And so I was like Jim Ross. Like, who the hell are these guys? Yeah, I think a lot of the crop felt the same way as you did. Because they didn't get a huge reaction. Now to the match that probably stole the show in some people's eyes. Aja Kong, Yuka Sasaki, Emi Sakura versus Hukuro Shishida, Ryo Abe, and Ryu Mazazami. We get a brain buster by Awesome Kong on Shida as Sakara hits the moonsault for the two count. They rang the bell, but it was only a two count. Sakara looks to finish it, but Shida moves and Kong hits Sakura and Shida then finishes it off with an E-strike. For the only person who had a notable name in this to an American fan would be Aja Kong, which is awesome. These women, the other five of them, with their charisma, their ability in the ring, and how hard they went at it, got these people into this match. Big time. This is probably like in the top five of the match. This was like, to me, this is like my third favorite match of the whole card. 
I really enjoyed this. Uh, it's time for Cody versus Dustin Rhodes. Cody gets a Triple H themed throne entrance. He looks like he's he walks past the throne, gets all the way down to the ring. Brandy hands him a sledgehammer. So he goes back up and then he destroys the throne with the sledgehammer. So now it's time for Cody versus Dustin Rhodes. They trade strikes in the center of the ring. The crowd tries to rally Dustin and Cody ends up hitting a clothesline that gets a two count. Cody hits Dan's fire and he follows that with the crossroads and Cody gets the win. This was a old school NWA wrestling match. It had blood. It had a slow pace. It had a lot of mat wrestling. Did not have too many high, high spots. And it was probably the best match Cody Rhodes has ever had in his career. Greg, any uh, comments you'd like to make, sir? Jump in anytime on any of these matches. I fully agree, but I gotta say, I, I, I give all the respect to the fifty-year-old Dustin who put on a show. It's amazing how a guy that age and that size is able to move so well in the ring. I mean, it, it shouldn't be a surprise because he's he's been that guy for his entire career, but at fifty. He, he he was just phenomenal out there, and I mean they they really told a they told a great story, and as you mentioned, it is probably Cody's best match. And uh, you know uh, things things happen for a reason, and it was truly meant to be that they had that match outside of WWE because I don't think it it would have been as good if it took place. Under under Vince's rules, so uh, it, it it worked out very well for everyone. Let's give major props to Goldust, or excuse me, Dustin Rhodes. I, I don't know how much blood he lost, but boy, it was a lot. <laughs> he he had to have taken the entire bottle <laughs> of Tylenol. You know what I think happened? I think he did it, and you know how sometimes. You expect it to happen, and it doesn't happen right away. And then yeah. I think he might have went for it again. And then when it came, it really came. Maybe it did, but he it, there had to have been some sort of blood thinner involved, though. It was it was it was pretty bad. He had to take some Tylenol or something. It like it was, it was like he was painting. He, yeah, he had so much blood everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely had to change the canvas and everything before the next matches took place. But after the match, Cody tells Dustin he can't retire here. And he says that next month at Fight for the Fallen, he has an open contract. And he'd like for his big brother to team up to face the Young Bucks. So, of course, they embrace. Crowd goes crazy. And it is official. Cody and Dustin Rhodes will be facing off against the Yum Bucks next month in Jacksonville, Florida. That should be really fun. We get highlights of uh, Hangman Page winning the Casino Battle Royal. Uh, again, they reiterate he's going to face the winner of the main event for the AEW title at a later date. Then they reveal the AEW world title. Bret Hart brings the belt to the ring. Bret thanks the fans. 
and he brings out Hangman Page. That's when MJF interrupts. Of course, the crowd is giving him asshole chance, major heat. MJF says that he's the fastest rising star in wrestling and jokes with Bret Hart about his Hall of Fame attack. MJF then runs down Hangman Page for having a bad leg and says that he should take him out back and shoot him. He demands that Page give up his title shot, calls Bret old, and runs down his catchphrase. Jungle Boy arrives, and then Jimmy Havoc. They take their frustrations out on OMJF as Page drops to the floor, and they just proceed to beat the shit out of MJF. Havoc and Jungle Boy take him into the crowd, and they continue the attack. MJF took a lot of ass weapons and got a lot of mic time and might be the most overdue in this promotion that nobody knew before going into it. 100% agree. Super duper star in the making. The Young Bucks, they faced off against the Lucha Brothers for the AAA World Tag Team Championships. Phoenix cuts off the Meltzer driver. Pentagon does the arm breaker spot on Matt and the Fear Factor connects for a two count. Phoenix tags in and follows with kicks to Matt as Nick is down on the floor. Matt cuts him off. Nick flies in with the Meltzer driver and the Young Bucks retain the AAA World Tag Team Championships. Great high spots. Great Lucha spots. The Young Bucks keeping up with the Lucha Brothers as far as during a lot of the uh, Lucha moves was really good showcase. This was a really, 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 really good tag team match. If you like tag team wrestling, you definitely want to check this out. Main event time, Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega. The winner will get a title shot against Hangman Page for the AEW Championship. Jericho gets Omega into the hot angle lion tamer. Omega escapes and hits a V-trigger. Jericho fights back with a DDT and he covers for a two count. The Enziguri follows and then Jericho lays in knee strikes. Omega cuts off a lion salt, but Jericho counters the one-winged angel with a DDT. The Codebreaker from Jericho follows, and the Judas Effect, the back elbow from Chris Jericho connects, and Chris Jericho gets the win. It's been a minute since I've seen Kenny Omega wrestle. It's been a minute since Jericho wrestled. They seem to be a step off from each other compared to the match that they had last year, Tokyo, or earlier this year, excuse me, the Tokyo Dome. So it'll be interesting to see with more time, you know, what both of these guys look like. It wasn't quite to the level of the New Japan match, but it was entertaining. My blood spilled. Yep, yep. Kenny Omega uh, got a broken nose, apparently, in the match. They asked uh, Jericho, because they had like a press scrum after these, uh, after the show. And so they were like, so uh, Jericho, what happened when uh, out there when uh, uh, Kenny got his nose broken? He was like, what do you mean what happened? I punched him in the fucking nose. That's what happens when you get punched in the nose. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so after the match. Jericho marks the mocks the marks say that five times fast in the crowd and says that he is AEW. He says that this company is the company for him to prove his value. He says that he got a company. He got him a TV deal. He sold out the building and everything has been due to him. 
he demands a thank you. That's when John Moxley arrives through the crowd and he lays out Jericho with the dirty deeds. Then he lays out the ref. Kenny Omega tries to fight. They begin to brawl to the floor and into the crowd. They fight onto the stage and onto the stack of giant poker chips where Moxley hits dirty deeds to stand tall. Then John Moxley gives Kenny a DVD off of the poker chips onto a stage and we leave with your final shot. Kenny Omega laid out and John Moxley standing tall on top of these poker chips. Pretty, pretty strong effort. But I, I got to ask this question. Hey, you definitely make Mox look strong. Well, what does that do for, for Kenny Omega? Or do you just feel like he's so bulletproof now? It it doesn't matter. I know you're doing it on you're doing it on pay per view, so it's not like that was done on your first network television show. But it seems like you, you kinda gave Kenny the blues there. Oh no, 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 no. Here's the here's the progression that's gonna happen. They want Hangman Page to, to, to be like the guy, right? Okay. But the way you get there is you have him beat Jericho. You have Jericho get the belt. They have a match. It's going to require a rematch, right? So eventually, Hangman Page gets the belt. Then what you do is you're going to have that over there. You make So you make a guy there. Then what they created was the biggest quote-unquote box office match that you can make is now Moxley versus Omega and they can do that anytime they want. They could It could be the main event of the TV show. It could be the main event of All Out. You know? They just set it up. Now you're just waiting for them to pay it off. That was kind of their strategy. I thought it was brilliant. I, I, I can see that now. I thought it was brilliant. Um... This was a really good show. They had some hiccups with the, the commentary. The commentary was probably the only thing that probably could have used a little bit more touching up. Jim Ross did sound like he was back in his element, though. He didn't seem as lost and out of touch as he did in his New Japan uh, run. But I thought Excalibur was great. And uh, the Marvez guy, they could probably do without him. <laughs> the Marvez guy was the Marvez guy. <laughs> right, right, right. So, a uh, very interesting thing that came out of this, though, like I said, they did those press scrums at the end of the night, and uh, there was a gentleman who asked about all the inclusion in the show because, um, DD, they had, um, God, what's our guy from Lucha Underground, the black dude? You know who I'm talking about, though? The Exotico okay. dude? Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. It's on the tip of my tongue, but I can't say it. They had him. They had Dustin Johnson, who is a wrestler with no legs. Like I said, they had all of the women included in the show. So the gentleman, the reporter was asking Cody about where did this inclusion come from? And he was talking about how in the old territory system, there was, you know, a rule of one. You can only have like one black performer on a card or in a territory or whatever. He says those days are over. And he says that he has to give a lot of that credit to Brandy, that that's like been her big focus. And he said that um, one day he told Brandy that he didn't see color. 
And Brandy told him, well, if you don't see color, then you don't see my struggle. And Cody was okay. like, Cody was like, oh, so that was the day I had to like wake up and start looking at things from a whole different perspective. And he said, that's kind of like that. She's like the driving force behind all of that. That's beautiful. I still want them to do a 23andMe, though. <laughs> Even um, AMC <laughs> uh, retweeted it and like it blew up huge. Wonderful. I'm so happy for him. Yeah, man. So they're off and running, and uh, everybody cranked their neck and was like, okay, Vince, what you got for us on Monday? And what he had for us on Monday was. Poo poo platter. <laughs> Boombox Brock. That's what he had for us. Uh, after we got video package of Kofi. Um, getting beat down by Dolph Ziggler last week. He comes out. He discusses Kevin Owens taking out Big E, and then he discusses the Ziggler attack. He says Ziggler tried to end him, but he's still standing tall. He says he will address Ziggler when the time is right, but tonight he's here for Brock's big reveal. He wants to cement his legacy by beating Brock Lesnar and calls out Brock to cash in his money in the bank contract on him. Seth Rollins arrives, and he also wants to know Brock's decision and calls Brock out. So, Brock comes out. <laughs> and what was a just a organic thing last week turned into a contrived effort this week as they literally had the Money in the Bank briefcase she, uh, conformed to look like a boombox with all this crazy music coming out of it, uh, Brock is dancing on the ramp. He's bobbing his head as he walks down to the ring. He gets in the ring. They start playing like a version of the New Day's music. Then they start playing a version of Seth Rollins' music. Paul Heyman is rocking out. He's rocking out a little bit too hard. This Brock has to rein him <laughs> back in. But Seth gets pissed at all of this. And he just walks out. <laughs> He's like, man... Fuck this. Heyman says that Seth ruined the Brock party and that they were going to leave without a reveal. Then Ziggler arrived and attacked Kofi. But his mm. good buddy, Xavier Woods, made the save. <laughs> so for like the next, I don't know. What do you think, Dee? I don't know. For like the next 15 minutes, these two dudes are just brawling. In the crowd, they brought to the ring. Uh, uh, Ziggler takes control, slamming Woods to the barricade, but Woods battles back as they fight into the crowd. They fight back to ringside. Ziggler takes control, slamming Woods into the steps and grabs a chair. He follows with the chair. He follows in, lays in the chair shots. They get in the ring. Ziggler lays in more chair shots, and then Kofi returns to run him off. Kofi then helps Woods to his feet, and they start walking up the ramp. Ziggler says he thought he knew Kofi, but Kofi's been wasting his time on Brock instead of focusing on him. Ziggler asks that Kofi celebrate for the next 11 days, but remember, Ziggler will be reminded that it should have been him. He admires Kofi, noting that Kofi had friends to watch his back, and that he defended him, and that they defended him, excuse me, as champions. But what happens when Kofi doesn't have the title, and he takes it? The fans that look up to Kofi, but it should have been Ziggler, and he will win the title. Are you into the Dolph Ziggler? It should have been me. 
No, you want to know why? Why? Because it was better when it was Raven. <laughs> You're right. You didn't think I remembered anything from the 90s, but I do. That was a very good grab as well. Yeah. You're welcome. It's a holiday, so you know what that means. Somebody having a cookout. <laughs> this time, it's the Usos hosting the cookout. Come on, ethnics. It was Natty's birthday, so they made sure that they shouted out Natty on her birthday. You know who didn't look like he was having a good time, though? Who? EC3. Oh. <laughs> he looks so sad. <laughs> you know how Kevin Owens looked a couple of years ago when he had to do it? Yeah. He looked yeah. exactly like that. <laughs> um, Shane is here. He says he will compete tonight. They hype Triple H versus Randy Orton at the Super Showdown. Shane cuts a promo on the McMahons and Samoan Dynasty and how there has always been respect. But it wasn't so for Reigns when he attacked Vince. Shane then begins to name drop a bunch of the Samoans and says he knows them better than Roman Reigns does. Vince always fixed their mistakes and he is not ready to fight, calling out a member of the Samoan Dynasty. I actually do like that they went to the like real nitty gritty of the relationship between the McMahons and the Samoans because like Roman's dad trains wrestlers and trained a lot of high level people who've made it into WWE and mm-hmm. they've always been like they were like big stars in the old WWF so mm. yeah they got history for real so I'm glad that they're trying to lean on that a little bit so Shane McMahon will face off against Lance and Hawaii. Now Lance and Hawaii is Roman's cousin. Mm-hmm. Drew is at ringside, and Hawaii is wearing a Roman Reigns shirt. And then Drew attacks him before the bell and just obliterates him. Shane is doing commentary on the attack, and then they start the match. Shane attacks with strikes and kicks and more strikes. Lance and Hawaii fires back. And the, chat, and the crowd begins to chant, this is awful. <laughs> Shane grounds him and locks on a triangle, and Lance has to give up. Post-match, Shane beats him down some more, talks his shit. As Roman Reigns arrives, and attacks Drew. Drew then saves Shane, and they bail out the ring. So, Shane trying to... Uh, provoke the big dog. It's not going to be pretty when he finally does get his hands on him. Shane is going to take an ass whooping. Good. It's what he deserves. He better have some shenanigans up his sleeve, though. (laughs) Who, Shane? Yes. Oh, well, you know, those people don't fight fair. (laughs) Brock is back. Heyman introduces himself, and then he introduces Brock. Rollins arrives and says the championship is his life, but Brock makes a mockery out of it by being a joke. Rollins says that he can beat him again and says that Brock is a coward, hiding behind Paul Heyman. Heyman says that Brock will pick the the prime place, the prime time and place to challenge and has a year to do so. Brock slaps Heyman around with the contract because he didn't know that he had a year to cash in. Then he tells Roman, to screw him 
because he says he has a whole year and then he just leaves. That was funny when he hit Paul with the contract. <laughs> he was like, he's like, I got a year. He's like, yeah. He was like, you didn't know? He was like, no, I didn't know. He was like, it's always been like that. Because <laughs> uh, all in my head, I'm, and I guess that's what they wrote it for. They wrote it for the people who are tired of him just to reinforce that, see, he doesn't even know basic shit. Everybody knows. <laughs> right. Some dumbass don't know. <laughs> right, right. Too busy up in the mountains with Sable to pay attention to anything. Like, I miss Sable. That would be cool if she, he would ever bring her back, but she's like, fuck y'all. Yeah. She's like, I've been through that fucking shit one time. Once was enough. Our truth, he's running from a gaggle of jobbers who won his 24 7 championship. Truth fights them off, and he's continuing to run away. Charlie then interviews AJ Styles, who has been pulled from the main event due to an injury. He says he has a back injury. He wanted to compete tonight, but they won't let him. That's when Baron Corbin sneaks, attacks him, and lays him out. Baron told him he was going to pay for slapping him last week. <laughs> Man of his word. The Iconics faced off against Becky Lynch and Nikki Cross. Becky Lynch hits the Uranagi for the win. Lacey arrives and then she leaves. This was like Becky's new finisher. And it was called like the manhandle slam or something like that. But I don't mm. know. It looked kind of like a choke slam. So I don't know. <laughs> uh, we go. Maybe they're still working out the kinks. Oh, yes, they definitely are. We go back to the barbecue, and everyone is having a good time until the revival arrive. It looks like it's about to be a fight until Naomi makes the peace between the Usos and Revival, revealing that she was the one who invited the Revival to the cookout and says that they need to squash the beef between the two teams. I don't know if you noticed this, if you're watching it real closely, but uh, Mm -hmm. Dash Wilder, the one that has the like kind of brown hair, Mm-hmm. He had like a hamburger in his hand, and when she said, Y'all need to squash this beef, he balled it up and dropped it. <laughs> Clever. Ricochet faced off against Cesaro for like the third time on Monday Night Raw this month. The superplex is countered, and Ricochet follows with kicks and rolls through on the 630, and Cesaro levels him with a running uppercut for a two count. He then Cesaro blocks a Hurricane Rana, but Ricochet hits a code red for a two. Then Ricochet got knocked outside the ring, did a handstand up on the apron. He turned that into like a Hurricane Rana cradle back inside the ring for the win on Cesaro. That shit was sick. Yeah, it was. That's what they should have been doing with him the whole time instead of having him lose. But whatever. Rey Mysterio, he will be on Raw next week to relinquish the U.S. title due to injury. Samoa Joe comes out and says he heard the news about Rey and he will be waiting here next week to take back what is rightfully his. We're back to the barbecue. The Revival and the Usos, they're playing cornhole. 
So we got a friendly mm-hmm. competition going on. Baron Corbin versus Lashley versus Braun Strowman versus The Miz. Number one contenders match for the Universal title. The winner of this match will face Seth Rollins at the Super Showdown. Miz cradles Corbin and gets a two count. Miz lays in kicks, the double knees, and Corbin cuts him off with the end of days. And Baron Corbin gets the win because the other fools in the match got counted out because they was all brawling in the back. <laughs> this was so weird. I'm glad they said it was an elimination match right before it started because if they wouldn't have, everybody would have been so confused about how Baron Corbin won. It's taken like three months, really, but Baron Corbin has finally built himself up to be the main event TV heel on Raw. He's about to get a championship match at a pay-per-view. Wow. Baron effing. I'll, I'll, I'll just say that I'm happy that he's out of the vest now. <laughs> oh, he's just in the black shirt. Just in a button down. It's baby steps, but we're getting there. <laughs> well, you know, he's got that weird belly, so that belly button. So I don't know if you're going to get the shirt completely back off again. No, I don't need him shirtless. I just want him in a different shirt. <laughs> and not a three piece of, like outfit we come back to the barbecue the revival are cheating at cornhole <laughs> but right before it starts to go down R-Truth runs through the barbecue he gets attacked the jobbers beat each other up and they allow R-Truth to escape uh, Bray Wyatt and the Firefly Funhouse is here Bray says the Fiend, his mass persona, is here to protect us. The doll argues with him, and Bray then does the limbo with his wacky spider walk. <laughs> they better make sure that that shit is such a home run when he debuts. Because this shit is creepy. Yeah, it is. That mask is terrifying. I mean, I could get with the original Ray White gimmick because it was kind of like. You know, we the swamp people. Uh, what's those people down in Louisiana that had the show? Um, the, the them Cajun people. Yeah, the yeah. Deliverance type people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it was kind of in that kind of vibe and vein. So it was like, yeah, okay, I'm working with that. But this right here is just totally not my deal. Uh, we have an electric chair segment with Sami Zayn. Corey Graves hosts this new talk show deal where they have an electric chair in the ring and take fans' questions. The fans ask when Sami Zayn will retire. Zayn asks if the fans' parents are related. <laughs> A young fan asks if Zayn misses teaming with Becky on a mixed match challenge. Zayn makes fun of her parents. Another fan asks about Braun destroying him. Zayn threatens to come and punch him in the face. The next question is about why Zayn hasn't won the Universal title. Zayn makes fun of the question and says that he could win it anytime he wants and says, this is what you do with your time and your questions. You could have asked him about anything. You could have asked him about AEW. (laughs) Seth Rollins comes down to the ring. He runs Sammy to the outside and then he ends up taking the electric chair and tossing it outside of the ring. 
So that leads us to our main event, Seth Rollins versus Sami Zayn. Rollins counters the blue thunderbomb, but Sami gets it for the second time for a two count. They work up top, and Rollins sub- shoves Sami off, and the half-life blow eats the knees, and Sami covers for a two count. They trade strikes, lighting each other up, and Rollins counters the figure four and hits the stump. He can't cover, but he fires up, and he hits the stump again, and Seth Rollins gets the win. There is no doubt in my mind that right now Brock Lesnar is in Seth Rollins' head in a massive way. This is not the same Seth Rollins we have seen for the past several weeks. Of course he is. I mean, you see Brock Lesnar just marching his way down to the ring with his with his Brock Lesnar boombox, playing everybody's entrance music. Listen, you know as making, well as I do. Making these threats. Sure, Seth Rollins slayed the beast, so to speak, at WrestleMania. But... It took a small miracle to get it done. Seth Rollins cannot be looking forward oh, to the oh. prospect of facing Brock Lesnar one-on-one for the Universal Championship again. Yeah. Rollins escaped WrestleMania. Knee right to the spine. Zayn sent to the outside, crashing into the barricade. Sammy in trouble as Seth Rollins goes outside the ring after him. And now oh. off the post, Sammy Zayn turns it around. Zayn has the champion in trouble. I appreciate the fight in Seth Rollins. I mean, you got to worry about the rest of your, your career. I mean, doing damage like this to your joints. Right hand from Zayn and Rollins answers back. Yeah, I think the trash talking about Sammy is just firing up the champion. Both superstars exchanging blows, but Rollins may have the upper hand. Sammy, though, grabbed the bad leg again. Taking Rollins down. Looking to step through this time, driven out of the ring. Oh! The stop by Rollins. But can he capitalize on the bad knee? Seth Rollins got to will himself back across the ring to cover Sami Zayn. Sammy suffering the effects of the stop. This is my life! Rollins screaming, this is my life. The Universal Champion. Brock Lesnar is on Rollins' mind. Rollins, another stop to Sammy Zayn. Seth Rollins into the cover. Hook the leg on Zayn. What a gutsy win by Rollins tonight. Here's your winner, the Universal Champion, Seth Rollins. A gutsy win, yes, but at what cost? Right now, Seth Rollins is the wounded Universal Champion. And that is how your Monday Night Raw ended. My review was much more exciting than this episode. (laughs) Brock, again, was the highlight because the dancing was like, what in the hell has gotten into this dude? The Ricochet Cesaro match, fantastic. And then everything else was just filler. Do you even want to give a rating this week, Miss Didi? Oh, no. It wouldn't be fair. Right, right. Or I should say it wouldn't be nice. 
So, following up AEW's weekend, that is what we got <laughs> on Monday night for Monday Night Raw. And then before we get into SmackDown, early Tuesday morning, John Moxley was on Chris Jericho's podcast, and he dropped the bomb on WWE, notably Vince McMahon and his creative decisions and how the creative operates and how they basically take being a wrestler away from the wrestlers. Dean Ambrose said that promos used to be his favorite thing about wrestling. He would go around the house just coming up with promos all the time. But when you get to WWE, they write your promos for you. They come up with your matches for you. They come up with your own storylines for you. So he says, you know what? You're just a, you're just a robot. You're nothing more than an actor. And he says he can't get down like that. It was good. It was real good. He can't wait to listen to it. Yeah, he, he, he tells two stories. He tells a story about when he started looking to find out how many days he had left on his contract, when he started like counting the days left on his contract. And then he talks about the day where he knew he wasn't coming back. Mm. So check it out. Talk is Jericho. It's titled the emancipation of John Moxley. It's, it's damn good. Not emancipation. Oh yeah. Cause he's free. So yeah. <laughs> we'll turn it over to Miss Didi Jone because it's time to find out what happened on this week's SmackDown. Yeah, you know, SmackDown Matters hashtag. Um, it also helps that SmackDown is the show that Vince doesn't care about. So when things are a little bit better there, you know why. Um, it starts with highlights of Ziggle's return last week and then more highlights of Kevin Owens infiltrating the New Day only to turn on the New Day. Owens says he was going to kick off the show with the Kevin Owens show, but the fans don't deserve it. They aren't worthy. He says he can't wait to beat the hell out of Kofi, and he loves being down the New Day, but didn't attack Biggie last week. He said they can blame him for the pain Woods has been in for a few weeks and for helping to end Kofi's fairytale run. And once Ziggles wins, all he wants is a title match. Kofi says Owens is lying and knows he attacked Biggie and that Owens isn't a good person. Kofi says he will make Owens pay tonight for re-injuring Big E and hurting Xavier. Owens will leave knowing why Kofi is the WWE champion. So guess when they have their match? Right now. No way. Yes way. So they trade strikes and Kofi looks for a superplex, but Owens knocks him to the mat and hits the Swanton for a two count. Kofi counters the pop-up powerbomb into a trouble in paradise and finishes the match. Yay. Our truth is still running for his life. Drake Maverick is following. So that's fun. Daniel Bryan, um, Rowan, Iraq. Why did they shorten everybody's name? Eric Rowan or Rowan? Anyway. Daniel calls the tag division a bad joke. Well, facts. That makes you cringe. Rowan tells a knock-knock joke, mocking the division. They aren't jokes. They have a mission and a purpose. You know, a Captain Planet. They will be the greatest tag team of all time and mock the people for eating animals on Memorial Day. First of all, I had two hot dogs and four chicken wings, and they were delicious. 
just saying. These were intelligent and beautiful creatures. I'm sure they were. And the Oklahoma fans are worse than than anyone. Not Oklahoma. He claims they aren't eco-friendly. Probably true. And says they will save the planet and tag division. Kayla's there and she says there are teams that want to challenge them as heavy machinery arrives. Otis dances as Tucker says Brian and Rowan are great but they want to get down to business which is the tag team titles. Daniel Bryan accepts the challenge but not here. And then the champions leave. Are you excited about the opportunities? Yeah. It's a new new um, spot for heavy machinery. Step up. Daniel yeah. Bryan will take good care of them. They'll have some good promos and some good stuff to work with. Yeah, something to do. Um, Bailey prepares backstage. Mandy and Sonya have Muscle and Fitness Hers magazines because Mandy is on the cover of them. And they hand out copies backstage. They run into Ember Moon, who's minding her black-ass business, reading some kind of novel, and give her one magazine, two magazines, and then eventually Sonya's like, here, take them all. And then, you know, as you do when somebody gives you shit you don't want, but throws that shit to the side, which is the correct answer. But anyway, all of that is to preface a match between Mandy Rose and Carmella. Mandy levels Carmella with the running knee strike. It gets two. The Rana follows and Carmella then hits a Bronco Buster and covers for two. Sonya distracts. Oh, did I say distract? Yes, you did. Hey. Hmm. Carmella. And Mandy gets the cradle for the win. I love a good distraction. Uh, backstage, Truth fights off Jinder Mahal and runs from others until Drake Maverick finds him and chases him. There's another cryptic Aleister Black promo. Um, Black is waiting patiently for someone, anyone, to pick a fight with him. And I just have something to say. I can't pick a fight with you if you're not there. So why don't you come to work and then maybe I can like fight you in the hallway? Nobody's complaining about this dude missing work, but everybody got a problem when Brock Lesnar was misses work. Okay, well, Alistair Black is not the champion. So one. Two. He don't have years of doing this bullshit. It is not the same thing. First of all, when did you become a Brock Lesnar apologist? <laughs> is this all because he held the damn briefcase real cute one time? What is this? Who are you? Where has my Donald gone? Yeah, I don't know. I just, that just, it, he, he just, I, I'm enjoying it. If this is what you're going to present to me, Vince, and I got to watch it and I got to review it, I got to find something to like. The bar is the floor. So I'm choosing to like Brock right now. The bar is the floor. But as long as it makes you happy and it gives you one star additional enjoyment from this terrible, terrible product. I guess that's fine. Um, for whatever reason, we're having Shane McMahon appreciation night. Shane drew and Elias around. Ooh, Elias. Shane gets his special introduction and the announcers like, it draws out. I feel like he took a real good breath before he did it because it lasted for a good 10 seconds. And he says he was hesitant to do this, but Drew insisted. He does what he does because he enjoys life. He's a humble man. That's what all the humble people say. Here to help run a family business. He's here to put smiles on faces. And is a, a pest of himself video. Shane then says that the video was spectacular because, you know, humble. And name drops Kevin Dunn. It was also an educational video when designed for Roman Reigns. Reigns can't walk around 
breaking all the rules, and when Rains attacked events, he bit the hand that fed his family. Shane will beat respect into him at Sweet Saudi Money 3. I like that name. Elias wrote a special song for Shane, and he sings it. Truth arrives, being chased by Maverick from the crowd, and he has a rough with him. Truth pins Maverick, but he realizes he's screwed because, again, he's in the middle of a ring with Shane, Elias, and Drew. Shane attacks, and Drew and Elias join in. Elias is the drifter one, and Drew follows with a claymore. Elias then pins R-Truth to win the 24-7 championship. Shane then announces an Elias and Drew versus Roman in our truth match. And in the shady, shady lady stipulation of the day, he is still suspending the 24-7 rules until after the match. Which is not fair, but you know. Only took a week before you started shenanigans. I guess that's okay. Lacey Evans is interviewed. She's having a tea party with her twin sister. They run down Becky and Bailey, and the new plan is to take out Bailey. Um, Lara Sullivan versus the ethnics from across the border has been added to Sweet Saudi Money 3. So, you know, yay, racism. It's crazy. You think the Saudis will, like, want the racists to lose in Saudi Arabia? Or you think they don't care? Uh, I don't think Vince wants the racists to lose in Saudi Arabia. But you, you think he'll do what the Saudis say? Yeah, if the Saudis are like, yeah, let the Mexican win, then yeah, they'll, they'll win. I don't think they care, though. I don't, they might not either. I don't think that, that's not the match he really cares about. He cares yeah. about Goldberg and Undertaker. I can't imagine anybody was like, you know who I want on my pay-per-view that I paid you millions of dollars for? Lars Sullivan. Like, I just don't see it. I he could just, be wrong. He's just kind of in tow with the company, I guess. Yeah, I guess he's like, he's a man. He can go. <laughs> Get them freaking flyer miles. Um, but anyway, Bailey versus Lacey. Bailey hits a running crossbody and covers for two. Lacey slams her into the buckles and covers for another near fall. Bailey cuts her off, hits the stunner in the ropes, and then follows her out and hits a drop kick. Charlotte, uh oh. Charlotte distracts Bailey. Mm hmm. Bailey attacks and Evans rolls up Bailey, but Bailey counters and pins her. Post match, Lacey attacked her twin sister, but Charlotte, being the one that's older by a few minutes, whooped that ass. They really blew this up quick as shit. I thought they was going to make these two the tag team champions. I mean, easily could have had, uh, you know, a Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty moment. Like, you could have waited a few weeks. You could have waited like, a few months. You could have really yeah. done something. Like, that's so odd that she would just ruin that. Right. They, they don't know what they're doing. And it's like, it's weird because, of course, you do. But it's like, like, are you only, like, are you only storylining for, like, the next week? Or are you storylining for the next three, four months? Like, what are you doing? Uh, they're storylining <laughs> hour to hour, ma'am. The process Even is that this. seems like the, the process is supposed to work like this. So right now on Thursday, they start writing Raw. So they write Raw Thursday, Friday, Saturday. They submit events on Sunday. Then they get to TV and they go back over it again. And if he 
over the 24 hours where he sees it on Sunday and they do the production meeting on Monday, he may keep everything the same. He may take out half of it. He may do three-fourths of it. Just depends on how he's feeling that day. That's crazy. No wonder nothing makes sense. Because even if, like, okay, I don't know much about a lot, but I know a little bit about a little bit. And you have to have your temples of what your end goal is. If your end goal is Kobe's going to be champion for the next three months, you have to write around that. If your goal is I want Charlotte to be a champ, you have to write that. Like, how do you write Charlotte and Lacey are the best of friends, damn near twins. Everybody sees the connection and then they turn on each other like one week later. You've gone nowhere with this. Like you didn't even have a chance to really get invested in it. Like it's the dumbest thing. And is it because you can't think of anything else to do with women that you're just like, oh, they'll fight. It's fine. So then in three weeks, they're going to not fight again and we're going to act like they never beat each other up. I bet we will. But anyway, too much time. I don't actually care. The Undertaker will be on Raw. So that's how you know it's going to be like a, a short runway that week. There's more Orton versus Triple H hype for Sweet Saudi Money 3. Andrade has asked about his upcoming match with the Demon, not Finn, but the Demon, uh, in Saudi Arabia. Following comments from Finn, Andrade takes responsibility for hurting Finn at Money in the Bank. Because if you remember, he's the one who like powerbombed him directly onto the ladder. And he says he will face his inner demon when they face in Saudi Arabia. Roman Reigns comes to the ring. But in the meantime, we see some more Firefly Funhouse. Shit's scary. I don't like it. Your main event, R-Truth and Roman versus Elias and Drew. Drew grounds things, tags on Elias. Truth fights them off, dumps Drew and posts Elias. Shocker. He hits the hot tag to Reigns and he runs wild on Elias. Roman follows with the corner clothesline. Or multiple and Superman punches Drew, dumps Elias, and follows with a drive by kick. He then takes out Shane with rights, and Shane runs away. There's a spear to Elias, and that's that. He's kind of sitting around the ring enjoying his win, and then he's like, Hmm, I know what I'll do. Spear Elias again. And then he's like, Hmm, you know what I could do? Help our truth win his title back. So he tells our truth to go, go on top of Elias. Hurry up, go, go. He does, and he pins him. And our truth is now your first ever two-time 24/7 champion. Oh, it's Elias from behind. Drew McIntyre is partner in tow, and there's Shane McMahon who made this match. This Drew and getting... Elias are looking to just finish what's left oh. of our truth. And now Roman Reigns coming out to try and help out his partner, our truth, who was banged up earlier tonight with a oh. 24/7 title to Elias. This has essentially become a handicap match within a short order here. It's essentially gotten ridiculous, is what it's gotten. And you gotta believe this is what uh, Shane McMahon was trying to orchestrate in the first place. He gives Roman Reigns a partner who's not even close to 100% and sets this up with Elias and Drew McIntyre. Okay, need I remind you both that our truth interrupted Shane McMahon appreciation night? That wasn't on purpose, Corey. We saw all night our truth oh. is just trying to escape everyone who's trying to defeat him for the 24-7 title. He can escape somewhere else. This is a freaking arena. He can go anywhere in Tulsa and run out of the way. And Shane McMahon up on the apron trying to interfere and distract Roman Reigns and Elias attack from behind. It's 2-1-1. You got Shane McMahon causing distractions. How much more can you stack the odds against 
Listen, I, for one, am extremely excited about the match at Super hey. Showdown. Roman Reigns, the big dog, versus the best in the world, Shane McMahon. I personally believe Shane's going to teach Roman the lesson. You don't put your hands on another man's father. Uh, Shane spent weeks teaching Roman Reigns a lesson thanks to his, his new friends, like Drew McIntyre and Elias. I, I can't believe, Graves, you find the hypocrisy of Shane McMahon. Everything he said about putting your hands on other people's fathers, what he did to the Miz. I'm not a hero. I'm a humble man. And he played this entire video about how he's done so many amazing things over the years. Here's a cover. Drew McIntyre kick out Reigns. Well, perhaps your eyes are deceiving you, but I watched the very same video and I was inspired. I was proud to work for the McMahon family. I I was so excited to be this close to Shane McMahon Appreciation Night. And then our truth screwed the whole thing up. That's it. Oh, Rinse it. And Shane McMahon from behind. And Roman Reigns just punched Shane in the face. Hey, wait a minute. Oh, McIntyre went for the Claymore and missed. Shane McMahon retreating from a fight with Roman Reigns. Shane wants no part of Reigns. Back inside the ring, it's Elias. It's up. Spear. Reigns and Truth win. Here are your winners, our Truth and Roman Reigns. Not exactly what Shane McMahon was expecting here tonight, huh? Shane McMahon appreciation night was absolutely ruined. Wait a minute, guys, gotta go, wait a minute, the, the match is over. The 24-7 championship wasn't no, the truth. Cover him, Truth. Truth is taking a hell of a beating here tonight, but Roman saying, cover him, cover him, Truth. Truth has won the title back. He did it again. Yay. Black man prospering. Won't he do it? Won't he will? Yes, yes, yes. Good for my man Archers. I mean, out of all the people who I thought would be a two-time champion, he was never in my top five. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. How would you assess this week of SmackDown, Miss Dijonay? Um, I would give it. Oh shit! <laughs> I would give it um three stars. Not nearly as interesting as my 600 pound life. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what stood out to me on this week's show. Um, the promo, Daniel Ryan and Rowan, that was really good. Kofi and Kevin, that was really good. And the Archie stuff was funny. It was a good. Uh, they need some mini heel music though. <laughs> For when they're running around and chasing him. Yeah. All right. We're going to move on to NXT. It's a big week for NXT. They have their takeover coming up on Saturday night. Join us. 7 o'clock. Hashtag NXT for the, uh, excuse me, for the NXT live tweet. The hashtag will be cast takeover. So please join us and share your commentary with color. We get our rematch between Mia Yim and Bianca Belair. Mia Yim counters the alley-oop and hits Protect Your Neck and uses Bianca's hair to cradle her for the win. Shenanigans. This was a hard-hitting match. Did you watch it? Did you see nope. 
Oh, no, yeah. I didn't see it. Yeah, they was talking trash to each other. Man, Bianca hit her with a forearm, though. Whew. It's like, she lifts her off her feet. Like, wow. Mm. And uh, by the way, Bianca is the three-time uh, <laughs> NXT Combine Champion. What an icon. Yeah, she is the beast. Uh, they hype Saturday's TakeOver event, starting with a Dream versus uh, Tyler Breeze video. My man, uh, the Velveteen Dream, he's the best. He has a selfie stick, and then he's uh, running down Tyler, talking about, hey, Tyler Breeze, I remember you. He's like, the last time and only time you ever got a state innovation is when you got drafted to the main <laughs> roster. And then it was like, and then you got there and couldn't cut it. And then they start showing all of like Tyler Breeze's failures and shit. Aww. And then Dream is like, well, while you were gone, NXT upgraded. He is like, we started selling out arenas. We started doing this. We started doing that. And it's all because of me. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, uh, Tyler Breeze, you're the great value version of the Velveteen Dream. Oh my gosh. So good. So good. Actually, might put it's not planned to get in the show, but I actually might have to put that in the show so y'all can hear it. <laughs> Tyler Breeze, I remember you. Here comes the magic. Three, two, one. I'm gorgeous, in case you haven't noticed. They're excited to see Tyler Breeze, but I'm excited to be Tyler Breeze. Man, do you remember Tyler? The night Tyler Breeze found out that he was going to Raw or SmackDown, you could see the fear in your eyes. It was the last time that you ever got a standing ovation. Breeze, do you remember? It's Tyler Breeze! Tyler Breeze! We're about to give WWE a much-needed facelift. Do you even remember what the spotlight feels like? They say that Tyler Breeze was the man. And look at you now. You're standing in the spotlight, but it's a little too hot for you, Tyler. Oh, that's cool, that's hot, that's cool. That's the NXT universe has upgraded their cellular plan. The upgrade, the Velveteen Dream. The Purple Prince of Pugilism. Sold out arenas. And always commands the spotlight. Velveteen, Velveteen. And the spotlight has never shone brighter for the Velveteen Dream. You can't just feel the dream. And you can't just hold on to the dream. Quite frankly, I'm too big to hold. Oh, wow. Oh, wait a second. Is it? Prince Pretty's back at full sale. Prince Pretty is home. I remember Tyler Breeze. He wasn't just gorgeous. He wasn't just a pretty face. He was a staple. 
of NXT. Just because you couldn't cut it on Monday and Tuesday nights doesn't mean you get to come to NXT and demand a spotlight. You had a great career in NXT, Tyler Breeze. Not a career worthy of coming back and demanding an NXT North American Championship opportunity. That North American Championship inspires me. Tyler Breeze, you have never had gold, and you are a phony. You are the great value version of the Velveteen Dream, and you know it. And I think it's about time that Prince Pretty pushed you out of my spotlight. Oh, Prince Pretty Tyler Breeze is looking to reclaim the spotlight and win the North American title. Uh, earlier today, uh, Shayna commented on her upcoming match with Io Shirai. Shayna, Shayna says that she Io won't be able to use weapons and that Io has no friends. Huh. Then we get a match that I wish everybody could go and watch because this thing was a work of art. Kashida faced off against Drew Gulak. Kashida hits an enziguri. He looks for the hoverboard lock. But Gulak powers up and lays in strikes. Kushida hits the flatliner, and then Kushida gets the win with the Gato Clutch. This was a fantastic grappling match. It was mat based, it was technical. They were going for submissions, they were countering. It was just so good. It's the evolution of what I wish wrestling from the 80s would have turned into in the 90s. It was a little bit of wrestling, a little bit of MMA, a little bit of catch-as-catch-can. It was it was really good. I can't wait for the rematch. Candice tells Io Shirai that she will have her back at TakeOver. Then we get a video package hyping Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano Part 2. Main event time, Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch versus the Forgotten Sons. Birch tags in Lorkin and he follows with uppercuts until Jackson Riker trips him up, allowing Blake to attack with Larian. The ref sends Riker to the back, and then the Street Profits attack Jackson Riker. It breaks down in the ring, and the Profits attack both teams for no contest. They all brawl in the ring as the Forgotten Sons clear the ring with chairs. Undisputed Era attacks Jackson Riker and then hits the ring and destroys the Forgotten Sons. Undisputed Era, they lay out Jackson Riker with ladder shots, and the Undisputed Era stands tall, and Cole says that TakeOver will be undisputed. <laughs> so the card for TakeOver is going to be Matt Riddick, Matt Riddle, excuse me, versus Roderick Strong. Mm-hmm. NXT Tag Team Championship Ladder Match, the Undisputed Era versus the Street Profits, Versus the Forgotten Sons versus uh, Burt and Lorkin. Shayna Baszler versus Io Shirai for the NXT Women's title. Velveteen Dream versus Tyler Breeze for the North American title. And Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole for the NXT title. Hmm. Oh, this should be a banger of a card right here. I mean, it sounds amazing. Oh, it better be amazing because uh, those AEW boys, they put some direct shots <laughs> at Triple H and this is the show that Triple H does have control over. So yeah, you might see some shit on Saturday. For sure. Uh, 
I'm excited. Velveteen Dream versus Tyler Breeze has a chance to be really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that oh. this this might be the end of the line for your girl. Oh. MMA chick. Yeah. You think she's going up? Yep, I think so. Hey. Uh. I mean, if she sure. if, if she loses, I mean, if she like who's she gonna lose to? I guess you. I guess they could play it out where she loses to Candace. That's what you told me. Yeah, you, you originally but, told me you thought that was the plan. Yeah, but I didn't think that Io was gonna slip in here and get this match again. So I'm I'm really thinking they're gonna give it to Io right now. And you think if they give it to Io, then she was she gonna leave? Yeah. Because there's mm-hmm. nothing else for her to do. She can't work her way back. To be it, nobody's. <laughs> I don't think your goal is to be a three-time champion in NXT. Two is enough. Well, listen. If nobody's trying to do three and multiple, then NXT is always going to be just a little <laughs> junior show. Well, it's, it's, it's that's the thing about it. It was always meant to be the junior show, but somehow. Because Triple H is in charge of it, it became actually like the better show, the best show. So because the booking is good, because the storylines aren't figured out once every other five days. Right. But you know, who am I? I'm just a girl on a podcast. Who do I know? But for sure, check out the uh, the Kushida versus Drew Gulak match. Very, very, very good. Didn't a lot really didn't happen in this episode. There's a lot of video packages, and they had two matches, and then one match got thrown out. So, you know, they didn't really do their best job. They've done better jobs at leading into a takeover, but you know, it's it was fair. It was fair. Okay. All right, Miss Didi Jonay, that's all I got. Besides, you know, if you got anything odd history or anything like that up your sleeve. No, I didn't look at any of that. All I know is that on the Twitter, there's um, a video going around of a promo from Randy Savage and the Ultimate Warrior. And I just, I really like looking at Elias' dad. It's amazing. <laughs> I don't know if you all have noticed, but I have this theory that like everybody who's a wrestler now is the unclaimed son of somebody else. Like you're not gonna tell me Adam Cole's not related to Shawn Michaels. Like I don't care what you say, you're wrong. It's it's right there. I see it. <laughs> and Elias looks like Randy Savage to me, so that's that's my other new working theory. Yeah, you should go back and watch some Randy Savage from like the '70s or very mm. early '80s. Mm-hmm. When he was like fit and trimmer, yeah, he definitely looks like Elias. See, I ain't saying, but I'm kind of saying. <laughs> so, unless you have anything else to add this week, Miss Didi Janae, you can give us your shout outs and thank you. Oh, shout out to Mel because Mel always gets shout out. Shout out to Jay because. You know, she got purple in her hair now, so she's, you know, giving fashions. Shout out to Young Lofa. I don't really know the story, but I seen some things on the Instagram, and it looked like there was a tornado or some kind of wind damage, and I don't know, but I hope you're okay, girl. 
Uh, and shout out to Greg and shout out to Sam. And more importantly than anybody else, shout out to Greg's new baby because that is a cute little baby. Yes, shout out to that baby. And shout out to you, Don. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'd like to give a shout out to my SmackDown Matters correspondent, Miss Didi Jonet. I'd like to give a shout out to Magnum Prime for joining us with his new crazy schedule. Glad that he could carve out some time for us. Give a big shout out to Sam. Give a big shout out to everybody who listens to the WrestleCast. Everybody listens to Cast a Strong Style. Thank you. Continue to use the hashtag Cast a Strong Style. I'm up early every morning watching Best of the Super Juniors live tweeting. So check me out. We're coming down to the finals, the B block final, the A block final is tomorrow. The B block final is Saturday and the overall final is going to be on Wednesday. So that's going to be a lot of fun coming up. Again, check out the merch over at teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash CSPN. Also, check out the Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash CSPN Media. And also, buy your dad something for Father's Day through amazon.com. But go to CSPN.us first, help the podcast out. Some of your purchases will come back to help keep the network running and keep the podcast free each and every week. Of course, we could not do this without y'all. Join us this Saturday. Hashtag cast takeover to share your commentary with color on NXT takeover number 25. It's going to be really, really good. Um, Listen to that Chris Jericho podcast with Dean Ambrose. And uh, if you're an old school wrestling fan and you want to hear what Jim Cornette thought about double or nothing, he reviews it on his latest podcast. That's about 50, 50. He shits on about half of it. He praises the other half of it. So it's a pretty even handed take from Jim Cornette. The best it could have been really from him. So that's a really good listen. And on that note for my SmackDown Matters correspondent, Miss Didi Jonet, for the WrestleCast broadcast journalist, Magnum Prime, I'm your host, Don DeLorente. Please stay tuned for the parting promo. At my client's request, I have had a referee come out to the ring because the time has come for my client, Brock Lesnar, to inform one champion. Which champion, Brock Lesnar, will be cashing in the money in the bank contract? This is my life, Lesnar. Yeah, I see that. Shut your mouth. my life this is what i work for every single day what i sacrifice for every single day and you come out here and you make a mockery out of it and not not because you walk out here with your stupid little beatbox no you make a mockery out of it because you are a joke Yeah, that's not the joke. You're the joke, and I'm not afraid of you. I stopped your head in the mat at WrestleMania, and I could do it again right here, right now. Yeah. You used to be the most feared man in combat sports history, and look at you. You're a coward hiding behind Paul Heyman. You want a chance to prove me wrong, Lesnar? There's your chance. 
There's your chance, Lesnar. Cash it in. Cash it in. Cash it in. Cash it in. Mr. Cone, page 8, paragraph 27, section B. The parties mutually agreed that the winner of the 2019 Money in the Bank contract, in his sole discretion, that's Brock Lesnar, picks the time and the place to challenge for either the WWE or the Universal Heavyweight Championship. The affirmation challenge shall take place at any time with no notice to either champion on or by the expiration of this agreement one year after 2019 Money in the Bank pay-per-view event. Therefore, before May 19, 2020, said challenger, Brock Lesnar, Now? 